Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the first ever episode of Training Camp, my brand new sports podcast show where I'll be talking all things sports. I just want to start off right off the bat. I want to say I've always wanted to do a podcast or a show about sports. I love sports. Sports are like literally some of my favorite things in the entire world. And I just, I've always wanted to just talk about them because there's so many topics about just everything from the NFL to the NBA, MLS, MLB, everything. And I'm so glad that I finally have a chance that I can just sit down and talk about sports unedited for about 20 to 40 minutes. Um, so that's what will we'll be happening. We're going to have two different 20-minute segments with the break in the middle. That way you get a break and I also get a break for a little bit of time. But I'm really excited for this. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm going to be having um, more people on the show as we go on. I already have about four or five people that want to come on in later episodes. And I'm really excited for this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope this will be fun for you guys too, especially with everything going on right now with the quarantine and, and the, the pandemic. I hope this is a really just like an escape for you guys, especially for those of you guys that don't um, that love sports, and for those of you that don't know much about sports, I hope that I can you know teach you guys something new. Um, one of the reasons it's called Training Camp is because I'm also going to be learning. Like I'm still I'm young, so I, I I need to learn as much as I can. And uh, obviously, you know I don't know everything about sports. So with having guests on and with just studying sports more in depth now, uh, I'll be able to learn more. So welcome to Training Camp. <laughs> so uh, topics for today. Mainly for today, we're going to be talking about the NBA. Uh, it's kind of obvious that's the only sport that's really going on right now. I know the MLB is going on, so are all, all of the international soccer leagues. But the NBA is the big one right now, especially with the seeding going on, because the seeding officially has been set, um, except for the eighth seed in the Western Conference. But, you know, with the bubble going on right now and the playoffs starting next week, today and tomorrow are the last regular season games. So that's kind of the biggest topic for conversation right now. And obviously, like I said, we don't know who's going to have the eighth seed yet. Because it's stuck between Portland, Phoenix, Memphis, and San Antonio. Um, right now, Portland does have the eighth seed, but all those teams can uh, switch in. They all actually play tonight. Portland plays Brooklyn, Phoenix plays Dallas, Memphis plays Milwaukee, and San Antonio plays Utah. Um, honestly, I th- personally, I, I want Portland to get into the playoffs. I think that they're the best matchup for the Lakers I think Portland and Phoenix are just because of their ability to score so effortlessly because of both Lillard and Booker like those are the main reasons but also a lot of the role players like for Portland they have CJ they have Nurkic they've all been stepping up lately and for the Suns they have like DeAndre Ayton he's been really really good lately and so is Bridges Bridges has also been really really good um so I think those two are the best teams I would like to see Memphis just because I'm really curious how you know, a rookie would handle the Lakers with John Morant being obviously the star of Memphis, um, him and Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm really curious because that's such a young team. I, I don't think they would be able to beat the Lakers. So that's one of the reasons I want to see Portland or Phoenix because I think Portland or Phoenix actually have a chance to beat the Lakers. Um, but personally for me, I would like to see Portland and I do think Portland's going to get it, especially because they play Brooklyn tonight. And even though Brooklyn has been okay, I don't want to say great, but they've been okay during the bubble, I think... Portland just so good. I mean, Damian Lillard has been the best player. I know, I know like everyone's falling in love with TJ Warren and Devin Booker, but Damian Lillard has just been like if there was an MVP for the bubble, he would win it hands down easily. Um he's been carrying his team for the entire bubble and I really think that Damian Lillard can give the Lakers the biggest problems. Uh, in the first round of the playoffs. So I think, and I do think Portland will get that eighth seed just because they currently have it. They're playing Brooklyn tonight. I'm pretty sure a win locks it up for them. Um, though I really would like to see Phoenix go into the playoffs as well. I do want to see Phoenix go undefeated. I think that'd be really, really interesting, especially going to next season, um, whether or not, you know, 
and that's so far away, but it just really is really it leaves a good taste in the mouth for Phoenix Suns fans and also NBA fans because Devin Booker's kind of like everyone loves Devin Booker. Um, so it's really nice to see him doing well, seeing his team succeeding. And so if they if they end their season off undefeated in the bubble, that really brings up a lot of questions like what Phoenix is going to do. Um, is Phoenix going to kind of go out of that rebuilding stage? Are they going to go into the buying stage? Obviously not the contending stage, but you know where they're going to move into. I think that's really interesting to talk about because like you don't know. I just think that will bring up so many questions and it might even, it might even influence free agency and what players they go after because they think, okay, well, we just we just went undefeated. So maybe we can just go sign big name players because, you know, we can make a run for this if we just have the right pieces. So that's really interesting to think about. Um, but again, I do think Portland is going to get that eight seed. They're just, I mean, it's not even them. Just Damian Lillard has been absolutely un- amazing. But then he also has like, I know I've been saying it's basically been him, but when you think about it, like he has CJ who can pass you, who can knock down almost any shot, three-pointer, mid-range, layup, anything. Nurkic is a great rebounder. He's also like kind of an underrated passer, I feel like. He really does dish the ball up pretty well. He doesn't do it too often. He's not like a Nurkic, um, or not a Nurkic. He's not like a, jo- a Jokic, who is, um, you know, basically the best playmaker in uh, for a big. But, I mean, he's. I think Nurkic is a very underrated playmaker when it comes to the NBA. So, I don't know. I think... I'm not the only one, but I'm really falling in love with Portland right now. And if if they can beat, which I do think they can, if they can beat the Lakers in the first round, I definitely think because if we look at if we look at the uh, the playoff tree, you know, you have the Lakers and whatever eight seed, hopefully Portland, and then at the bottom where you have uh, the Clippers and Dallas, and I think that's another really interesting uh, uh, playoff series because I mean Luka Doncic is he's Luka Doncic, he's amazing, he's got Kristaps who he can dish the ball out to. Uh, set, um, uh, Trey Burke has really come alive for them during the bubble. I think that's another. I, I do think the Clippers will win the series in either five or six games. They're not going to sweep. I definitely think Dallas will take one or two games. It, I don't think it'll, it'll go to seven, but I think that's another series you really have to look out for because like Dallas is just fun. I think Dallas is one of the funnest teams right now. Um, they have really great chemistry with each other, and uh, just Luka leads that team like he's a veteran when he's only been in the league you know, a year. So it's it's really interesting to think about stuff like that. Uh, just I, I for me personally, the only games that really matter in the first round of the playoffs are the one and the two seeded games against the the uh, eight and the seven seeds because I know Utah is playing Denver and I think Denver takes that. I think if Utah had Bogdanovich again, they probably would take that series. But Utah just hasn't looked that great. Uh, Utah's bench did look good a couple of nights ago when they were playing. I think it was San Antonio. They rested all their starters and. Um, their bench just kind of, I think they had the lead going to the fourth quarter by like 12 or something like that. And they ended up just fa- kind of falling apart and they lost the game. But their bench looked good enough. Like they, if their bench was able to carry it, then that's great. Um, I do know San Antonio, I, I know I said San Antonio is in the playoffs. Uh, they're, in, they're in for that eighth seed right now. But I don't know. I think it's just one of those down years. They're, they are playing Utah tonight. And I, th- I do not, I don't think Utah is resting anyone. Uh, tonight and so if they're not then um, yeah no they're not it doesn't they have no one listed as resting for tonight's game so I think Utah will pretty easily take that game Um, I think San Antonio definitely has some bite but I mean San Antonio would need Portland and Phoenix to lose to get into that spot and I think Memphis as well I think out of all the teams San Antonio has the worst chance to get in which is crazy because that means that Phoenix has a higher chance as them a higher chance than them. So San Antonio, I, I'm not really going to touch on them too much. Like I said, M- Memphis would be fun. They are playing Milwaukee tonight, and even though Milwaukee doesn't have Giannis, um, Milwaukee's still just a great defensive team. 
If Memphis does get in, I think it'll be fun to watch, but I think that's a series where, in my mind, if Portland gets in, that's a seven-game series if Portland wins. I think Portland could honestly maybe win in six, but if Memphis goes, I mean, that's probably a six, maybe even only a five-game series. I, again, I don't think I don't think the first round will have any sweeps. I think this first round is actually really interesting, but because all the matchups are just pretty evenly matched up for the most part. I mean, unless the Clippers just flip a switch against the Mavericks, like I generally don't think there'll be any sweeps in the first round. Um, so that's, I mean, we've made, mainly been talking about the the Western Conference, but if we go to the Eastern Conference, the one team that I do think could sweep is Boston. They are playing Philadelphia. And I know it's Philadelphia, but Embiid just had a hand, in, a hand injury, I believe. And then Ben Simmons hurt his back, or he, he injured something in a couple games ago. And they just look slow. They look, I don't want to say sloppy, but they look sluggish. So, I don't know. It's, Philadelphia just, they're not what they were a year ago. They're not that Eastern Conference uh, possible champion like they were last year. You know, Game 7, almost going to the finals. I don't think they're that team. They just, it looks like they've lost a step during uh, the quarantine era before the bubble. So, I think, I do genuinely do think Boston could sweep Philadelphia. Um but I'm not for sure. I don't think Milwaukee will sweep. I think Milwaukee will probably win in. Um, I probably see. I I don't want to. I don't want to say five because if it's five, it's so close to a sweep. But no, I think I think Milwaukee probably will drop one game, um, just because. I don't know, man. Every team that you expect to sweep never ends up like actually sweeping. I mean, unless you're like the, I mean, even the seventy-three and nine team for the Warriors, they didn't sweep the entire playoffs, you know. So it's just it's one of those situations where it seems so good because they're playing the Magic, and even though the Magic kind of don't have they don't really have anybody on their team that's kind of like that go get a bucket player. Um, I mean, Jonathan Isaac just got hurt, of course, too, so that puts them even more short, uh, more shorthanded than they were. So, I mean, could Milwaukee sweep? Yes. Should Milwaukee sweep? Yes. Will they sweep? I don't think so. I think one of the biggest things, Kawhi was talking about this in an interview either today or, or yesterday, but he was talking about how, you know, right now, seating doesn't really matter because you don't have the home field advantage. You don't have the fans, or home field, the home court advantage. You don't have the fans. You don't have to travel. You're all in the same spot. So right now, like, he's right. Seating has no impact on the NBA playoffs for this year. And with that being said, I do think that's why some teams will not be able to sweep like a Milwaukee, like a Toronto, like a Clippers, just because, like, there isn't that home element to it. I know they're adding in, like, sound effects and stuff like that, but it's just it's not the same. Like, there's just a feeling in... Um, there's a feeling in a stadium whenever... A team is just doing well, and their home crowd is just absolutely, you know, cheering them on. So I don't, I don't think Milwaukee will sweep. I don't think Toronto will sweep. Miami Indianapolis is actually going to be a really interesting series, mainly because Miami Jimmy Butler has not gotten enough credit for all that he has been doing for the Miami Heat right now. He's very similar in the category of the Chris Paul, uh, who we'll get to in a second, where he's. You know, when he signed with Miami, it was like, why would you go to Miami of all places? And now it's actually like turned out to be one of the best decisions because he's he's showing that he's a real leader. He's turning all of these players into he's t- turning role players into great players. And 
he's also kind of creating a sense of family within the Miami Heat. Like, you watch how they interact, and they have some of the best chemistry in, in the entire league. It reminds me a lot of the Brooklyn Nets when they had D'Angelo Russell. Um, I think that that team is very, very reminiscent, very similar to that team. And they're playing in Indianapolis, or Indiana, whatever, the Pacers. And they have the same record. I think Miami takes that game, or that series. I think they take it in six. I think it will be a 4-2 series. The Pacers are just, I don't know, what before. Before Victor Oladipo got hurt, the Pacers were one of the hottest teams, and Sabonis has had like an amazing year this year. I think Sabonis, I don't think he should, but he should be in the conversation for most improved player just because he totally stepped up when they needed a, a, a new player to step up for him, uh, for them, and he completely did that. But I just don't think it's enough. Jimmy Butler's amazing. Tyler Tyler Heroes had a really, really great development this year. Duncan Robinson's taken a huge step. Bam Adebayo is one of the best bigs right now, in my opinion. So Miami should take that series. I think it'll be a fun series to watch, but I don't think there's an upset coming. But the one the one upset that I think might come, I know technically Houston is a five seed and Oklahoma is a four seed, but everyone's just kind of, they treat Houston like they're better. Uh, everyone treats Houston kind of like the three seed. But um, I think Oklahoma City will and kind of should uh, upset the Rockets especially with the report coming out that Westbrook's going to be out for a couple games into the playoffs. That is an easy uh, that is an easy thing to target for Oklahoma City, where you know the star point guard is out. I think that does leave room for James Harden to drop like 65 on average for this first round, but I don't think it's going to be enough, especially with the small ball they're playing. Like, they have no—Houston has no one that can match up with Steven Adams. There, there's no one. No one can match up with Steven Adams on the Rocket side. You're not going to put P.J. Tucker— up against Steven Adams. Steven Adams should be averaging like 22 rebounds in this entire series just because of how small the Rockets are playing. And, you know, like I was saying with Jimmy Butler, Chris Paul deserves, I, I've heard some people say this, but I, I kind of agree. He deserves a couple MVP votes because what he, like, Oklahoma City is supposed to be a rebuild. You saw them ship out Russell Westbrook and Paul George, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. They're basically just going to build off other young players like Shea Gilgis Alexander. They're probably just going to use Chris Paul to kind of mentor them, grow them as players. But Chris Paul's made this a legit team. Like, we all, like, everyone was predicting Oklahoma City to be a bottom three or four team in the league, not just in the conference, in their league. And they've completely exceeded expectations, and I think that's a huge impart to Chris Paul. Their head coach deserves a lot of praise, too. He's been getting uh, Coach of the Year votes, which are well-deserved. But I do think that they will upset Houston. I think the series will go to seven. I think uh, if Westbrook, they haven't announced how many games he'll be out for. If he's out for two, I think that those games will split. I think Oklahoma will take one, and then Houston will take one. And then I do think it'll just be a back-and-forth, back-and-forth, back-and-forth until game seven. I, I do think, though I think they'll split it, I do think there's a chance that if Westbrook is out for two games, Oklahoma could take both games. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, abusing the match. It's like I was saying earlier, just abusing those matchups that they know they can they can abuse. I think Chris Paul is going to dominate too. I think Chris Paul could probably average 22 and maybe eight or nine in this series. If, you, if, you, if Chris Paul really wants to show everyone who he is and that he's that he has that dog in him, I think he he can average between 20 and 25 points and then like 8 to 10 rebounds. If he averages a double-double, then he definitely should be getting MVP votes in this first round uh, if he averages a double-double because that's just unheard of and amazing. And he's got he's got good role players around with Shea. And honestly, I know Steven Adams is much of a shooter, but rebounding is extremely important, especially, such a small, especially against such a small team like the Rockets. So I do think that Oklahoma City will upset the Rockets. I mean, again, I know it's not technically an upset because they're the four seed, but it just kind of feels like an upset. 
And that would set up for really, really interesting. Like I said, if Portland makes the playoffs, they're gonna. I think they will knock out the Lakers. And I think a Portland Oklahoma City matchup would be really interesting to watch. I think, you know, you've got the vet in uh, CP3 going up against Damian Lillard. I think that'd be so much fun to watch. Um, but you know, we have to obviously wait and see how those games go. Uh, Denver and Utah, like I said, I think Denver takes it. Utah just shorthanded, and then Boston Philadelphia. I think Boston could possibly sweep. Milwaukee, Orlando, Milwaukee's going to advance. Toronto, Brooklyn, Toronto's going to advance. I think Brooklyn could steal one or two games. Um, but, God, Nick Nurse is just such an amazing coach that I, I don't get it, man. Nick Nurse, everyone thought, again, it was kind of like a similar situation to the Oklahoma City Thunder where when Kawhi left, everyone's like, oh, okay, cool. This team's basically a lost cause, but Nick Nurse has really coached them into, a, like, they're the number two seed for a reason. They play phenomenally together it's it's a very it's a chemistry thing i don't think their chemistry is as amazing as like i was saying with miami but they work together so fluidly and it just they play such great basketball they remind me not of the 73 and nine warriors but the year before that where just like everything it's just like thread 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 everything everything just works you're watching it it's like butter when you're watching it's just so smooth and so i think toronto could go far i don't think brooklyn upset the one upside i do have is oklahoma city um, and possibly Portland just depends on who gets that eight seed. I think Portland or Phoenix can definitely upset the Lakers. Um, coming up, we're going to talk about the Lakers and why I definitely think they're going to be upset. Um, they they don't look good. They look they do not look like a one seed. They look like an eight seed. If I'm going to be completely honest, they look like an eight seed. And I think if Portland or Phoenix get into the playoffs, I think Portland or Phoenix will look like the one seed, and the Lakers will look like the eight seed. So we'll talk about that in a second. Welcome back to training camp. We just got done talking about the seating for the NBA playoffs with the final games coming up both tonight and tomorrow. And now I was saying I want to talk about the Lakers for a couple minutes. Um, so one uh, new news that we got today is that Rondo will be coming back to the team. He has a four-day quarantine, but he arrived in the bubble. T- he, he's coming to the bubble tonight, and he has a four-day quarantine. So he will be back in time for the playoffs. Um, as of right now, the Lakers did just lose to Sacramento. They didn't just lose. They lost by 14 and 136 to 122. Uh, I am going to take a look at the box score real quick because I am very curious to see how that went. I was seeing some highlights on Twitter. Uh, LeBron missed a wide open layup and also like rejected himself on an alley-oop. So that was kind of wild. Uh, looks like Bogdanovich dropped 27. Buddy Hill dropped 28. Okay, and it also looks like they sat De'Aaron Fox for that game. So Lakers had allowed two players in 20, and the Lakers actually didn't have anybody in 20. LeBron had 17, and Markeith Morris, oh no, Dion was the leading scorer with 19, and then LeBron was second with 17, and it looks like Anthony Davis sat. So that's I guess that's kind of a good excuse for why they lost. But LeBron had a plus minus of minus 13. Okay. The best plus minus on the court was Costa Santacumpo, who had a plus 14 uh, with seven points and two rebounds. So, okay, well, that's not good. JaVale also had a negative 20 with eight points and nine rebounds. So that's, I think that's perfect timing because the Lakers, like I was saying last time, I was, I was bashing the Lakers a lot because I was saying if Portland or Phoenix get that eighth seed, they'll probably knock out the Lakers, and the Lakers just don't look like a one seed, and I'm going to stand by that. I I don't really like the fact that the Clippers are sitting as much, not right now, but as they, they, they sat so much during the regular season before quarantine, before the bubble, because, I mean, if we're being completely honest here, 
the Clippers are the one seed. They they just haven't won as many games, and the Lakers are taking the regular season a lot more serious than the Clippers because the Lakers kind of need this. They need to. They have a. It's not. I want to say that they they got something to prove, but I don't even think it's that. I think they just. They don't have anything to prove to other people. They have, they have something to prove to themselves. Like, if you look at their roster, their roster on paper should be fine. Yeah, it's it's short on shooting, but you have two of the top ten players in the NBA. So, obviously, those two players alone are going to have an impact. I mean, LeBron and Kyrie were the only good players on that cast in the, on the championship. So, yeah, two top ten players are going to be enough. But it seems like they just have more to prove to themselves, and that's why they're going so hard during the regular season. And you can tell the Clippers are like, you know what? <laughs> We have one of the best rosters, and if we don't get the one seed, people are going to talk about it, but we can still easily glide through the playoffs and probably win the championship. And as of right now, I still have the Lakers, or the, not the Lakers, I have the Clippers as my championship team just because they're so deep and they kind of excel at everything, defense, shooting, uh, athleticism. Like, they literally, they're great in every single aspect of the game, but the Lakers, man, like, just shooting-wise, I don't get it. They have been so bad. I'm looking at the stats for today's game. I mean, LeBron was two for five on three. Markeith Morris, Markeith Morris was four for five from three. Okay, um, and then you got forty percent, twenty percent, sixty percent, fifty percent, thirty-three percent. Like, that's actually a really good game for them. That's thir- that's forty-three percent for the team that game. And then from the field, they shot fifty percent. That's a great game for them. But they are one of the worst shooting teams in the bubble up until this point I don't know what clicked today maybe uh, Anthony Davis is shooting too many threes or maybe you know but anyway it's just I don't understand if you're one of the worst shooting teams and they're bringing in Rondo now which I think it'll add a new element playmaking wise not shooting wise um, even though Rondo kind of has gotten a little better shooting through the later his career you know he wasn't always the best three-point shooter when he was in Boston but I don't yes Rondo coming in is is a big thing for them but I don't think it's big enough where it's going to swing the f- the first round of the playoffs in their favor. Um, I don't think Rondo can lock up Damian Lillard. I don't th- I don't think anybody but LeBron can lock uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis can lock up Damian Lillard, but Anthony Davis is going to have to be containing uh, Nurkic and that puts LeBron on Damian Lillard, but then who is going to be guarding CJ McCollum? Are you going to put Danny Green there? Are you going to put Marquise Morris there? Are you going to put Kuzma? I mean, Kuzma would be kind of interesting cuz he's a smaller big so he might, and he's more athletic, big as well. So you might be able to defend CJ McCollum, but like that's three players right there. And then you know, defending wise, Nurkic, uh, Nurkic can stay in the paint basically all the time on offense because, or on defense because they're not shooting well. So they're they're gonna let them shoot. You know, if they beat you shooting, that's not your fault. You've been doing your right scouting. They have not been shooting well, so obviously you're gonna give up those shots. So unless Anthony Davis just plays the post game the entire time. Nurkic is going to have his way on defense. He's going to out-rebound that entire team. I just, I don't see, I don't see how the Lakers can win a series against a Portland or a Phoenix, a team that can just score with ease or uh, with a player that can drop 50 to 60 on any night. Um, Devin Booker and uh, Damian Lillard have just shown that they have that dog in them where they can just, they can flip a switch and it's going to go on. It doesn't matter who they're playing, you know? Um, so, Lakers, I want the Lakers to be good. I think it's really, really, I think the NBA is a fun place when the Lakers are good. Or, like, even just the Clippers are fun, too, because, like, it's that rivalry, which hasn't ever really been a rivalry. But, like, there's a rivalry. And so, if we do get a Lakers-Clippers-Western uh, Conference Finals, I think that'll be amazing. I'll, we'll watch every single game. You know, you got LeBron and Anthony Davis against Paul George and uh, 
Kawhi Leonard and that entire team. I mean, there's so many players. You got Lou Will, you got Montrezl Harrell, you've got. Uh, I, I know he doesn't really get talked about too much, but Zubac. I mean, he's a great role player for them. Um, Patrick Beverly. I think it'd just be a great series. But that's one of the reasons I kind of want to see Portland is because man, the Clippers have been talking so much trash that if Portland can get to the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers, oh my. God, will that be an amazing series to watch? Like that will be an amazing series. Even if the even if Portland gets swept, I will watch that. I will watch every single second of that. Just because, even if Portland gets swept, Damian's gonna average sixty because everyone on that team is just giving him crap. And I don't know why they're doing it. I don't know if they did it because I don't know if like some people were saying, where Kawhi and that entire team are playing chess when we're all playing checkers, and they they're kind of pissing off Damian so that he just excels throughout the first two rounds of the playoff. But man, if Portland gets the Western Conference Finals. I think they could, honestly, I think Portland's one of the best teams in the West right now. I think they, they're playing like a one or two seed. Um, like, honest, if, we're, if we're looking at the seating, I genuinely think that, Los, that the, the Lakers look like an eight seed. The Clippers look, look like a one seed when they have everyone playing. Portland looks like a two seed. And then the Nuggets look like a three seed because their young core is just absolutely amazing. And holy crap, they're going to win championships in the future. But, you know, it's just so crazy that the one seed looks like an eight seed. And they look old. Like... The Lakers look old, and I know they only have a couple young pieces in, like, Kuzma, and I genuinely think that's it. I mean, I know Kosas is young, uh, but you got JR who's old, Dwight who's old, you got JaVale who's old, LeBron who's old, Markeith who's old, Danny Green. Like, they have, like, two young players, and that's it. And one of them doesn't even really see the floor in Kosas. They really see him as a role player. I think he played today just because um, Anthony Davis didn't play. But I... If the Lakers get eliminated in the playoffs and they don't win, don't win the championship... They are going to have to have some serious um, time and go look. Like, free agency is going to be huge for them. They they need to find they need to sign three shooters at least. You need two that can start and then one that can come off the bench as a spark plug. and eat, Or even maybe just two and one on the bench and one in the starting lineup. Because Danny Green is a good shooter. Uh, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't today. He shot 25% from the field and he was 0 for 3 on three-pointers. But still, the point stands. You need someone who can just constantly knock down a three-pointer and... Portland found that in Gary Trent because I'm sorry, where did he come? Like, I don't, I don't understand what Portland has done. This is like Portland in itself. I could talk about for an hour, and I just, I don't understand where they got this. Just like sudden, just I don't even know how to just, just this sudden surprise for everyone in the league. I mean, Damian Lillard is amazing. Cedar Collins a great option, and then you just have Gary Trent who can knock down every single shot. I know last night he shot like one for six, but Gary Trent could just knock down any shot you give him. Like yeah, he was a good he was a good player, at Duke. Everyone knew him coming into the draft, but like past couple of months, it was just like okay, Gary Trent. You know he's he's an okay three uh, he's an okay shooter, but he's just been astronomical lately. So I, I really. Not only do I think, but I, I really want Portland to go to the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers. I think that'd be amazing. I think if the Clippers and Dallas go to six games, that'll be a lot of fun. I think if Portland beats Los Angeles, that'll be huge. I think Portland-Oklahoma City would be great. I think Portland gets out of that. I think the Clippers-Denver would be a really fun series to watch. And then eventually you have Portland and the Clippers. Um, I think that'll just be amazing. To me, the West is just way more interesting than the East. I and mean, if you look at the East side, you have Milwaukee and Toronto, who are basically the kind of powerhouses there. There is my others like a Miami who could kind of sneak in. I think Boston is also sneaky good. I know I said that they're going to sweep the Sixers, um, but I, I want I, I would like to say Boston could go to the to the finals, but I just don't see anyone that can that can match up against Giannis. Um, I mean, Jason Tatum's great, but I mean he's not a six ten small forward, power forward, like, athletic god. Like, no one no one can shut down Giannis right now. 
Um, and I think yeah, I think Milwaukee will go to the finals and play either the Clippers or the Trailblazers. That, that is my genuine. My finals prediction is either the Clippers against the Bucks or the Bucks against the Trailblazers. I think that would be an amazing series to watch. Um, but yeah, so that's that's me finishing up my talk about the LeBron and Lakers and everything. I do think that. I do think that if the Lakers do get eliminated, next season will be a great season. I think they will kind of see, like, okay, we don't have to take the regular season as seriously, especially if they sign a couple good shooters. Like, that's that's all they need are shooters. And they also need to get a little bit younger. Like, if you can just get a couple 24, 25-year-old uh, players who can knock down a three-ball at, like, 38% or better and then have a field goal shooting percentage of, like, 40% or better. It's like a 40 and a 38% player. You'll be fine. And you just need to sign them like a two-year deal, so you have them for a little bit, a little bit of consistency. And then they're also younger, so if you need to, you can trade them away. So I do think if I think not only that they will lose, but I think it'll be a good thing for the team because they'll kind of they'll take a look in the mirror and just see, okay, this is what we need to address. These are some things we need to change. So I don't think the Lakers will win. I would I would love to see LeBron um, hold up that trophy in a Lakers uniform, you know, after everything. And I think it'd be really, really interesting seeing him get his fourth. But that's another thing. If they do make it to the finals, how are they going to contain that Milwaukee Bucks team? Like seriously, if they can't, if they're struggling against other teams right now, there's no way they're going to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. But anyway, I digress. Uh, other things I want to talk about: Kittle and Kelsey got extension, extensions today. Uh, Kittle is five years, ninety-five million total. I think it came out to about fifteen million uh, per year. I think that's a great signing for the Niners. I think Kittle has earned every single dollar of it. I don't know how he fell in the draft. Um, he's one of the best blocking tight ends right now in the league. He also just has a sense of fun to him. You don't really see that. I mean, the last time we saw something like that was with someone like Gronk. Like, Gronk had a sense of fun to him, but he was in a system where, like, fun isn't kind of allowed. So he was – I'm very interested to see what Gronk's going to be like this year in Tampa Bay. But, you know, Kittle genuinely looks like a younger version of Gronk. He looks like a more athletic version of Gronk, too, like a faster version because Kittle's fast. But, um, you know, five years, $15 million, I think it's great. I think he's <laughs> – some people are saying he's underpaid. I think that, you know, because that's about a middle echelon player contract for, like, a wide receiver. That's a good contract for a running back. I think that's a, a, an amazing contract for a tight end, especially since he does everything. He blocks. He's a great route runner. He's, he's fast. He's got great hands. Um, yeah, I think, I think 15 million is, like, 15, 60 million is perfect for him. And then if we go to Kelsey. Um, they're talking. They haven't announced the official numbers as, as of right now, but they're talking that it might be in the upwards of 15 to 16 million as well. So it's probably going to be very, very similar to Kittles. And they also haven't, there haven't been any rumors of how long it's going to be, but it is for the foreseeable future is what most of the rumors are saying. Um, so if I had to guess, it'll probably be like a four year, five. it's probably going to be very, very similar to the Kittle contract. And again, Kelsey is, you know, him and him and Kittle have the argument for one, the one and the two in the entire league. Um, I mean, if you look at the, the Super Bowl last year, you had Kittle and Kelsey. I think they both do, it's 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 like I was saying with Kittle. I mean, Kelsey blocks. Kelsey Kelsey was I think their only receiver. And he's not even a receiver. He's tight end, but he was the only player who caught touchdown passes a couple seasons ago for the Chiefs. Like that shows you how important he is to that team. So I think they both earned their money. Uh, in five years, Kittle will be thirty-one, and I actually don't know how old uh, Kelsey is. I think he's gonna be thirty. No, he's going to be 35. Okay, so he's 30 right now. So if it is a five-year contract, he'll be 35 when his contract comes up, which I think is perfect for him because, I mean, 35, you've been playing for the Chiefs. you probably go to a couple Super Bowls. You're going to have some some grit and grind on you. You're going to have some wear and tear. So you'll probably even talk about, think about retiring if it is a five-year. Again, this is all speculation if it's five-year. I think, in my eyes, it'll be a four-year, maybe even a three-year, and they'll just restructure after two years. But we'll see what happens. Anyway, shout-out to those two guys. That's awesome. They got their bags. 
Um, I think that's really, really good for both those teams. I would not be surprised if they met again in the Super Bowl. So, Kittle and Kelsey, uh, another big signing was the Everson Griffin sign for the Cowboys. Um, I think that's a great signing for the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys defense is looking like one of the top 10 defenses. I think right now they're kind of on the outside of that, more like a top 12, because um, their secondary obviously lost like Byron Jones, and they don't really have anyone at his uh, at that elite level right now. But their front seven looks really, really good. I would not. I would hate to have to run against them. Um, but I, I, I have my concerns with the Cowboys. I, on paper, this this is a thirteen and three, fourteen and two team. I mean, I'm being serious. They have they have some of the best weapons. They always have some of the best weapons in the league. And I was actually I was actually just talking to someone about this. You know, this is a team that should go thirteen and three, twelve and four. Or I guess we have seventeen games. That's so like fourteen and three, thirteen and four ish, somewhere around there. But in my mind, I cannot see them doing better than like an eight and eight. Okay, I'm just gonna talk as if it's sixteen game season because it's gonna take me a second to adjust to seventeen. So in my mind, I cannot see them doing better than like nine and seven, eight and eight. I think I think their their ceiling is thirteen and three, but I think their floor is like six and ten, seven and nine. But I think they'll go eight and eight. Um, it's just I think the McCarthy signing was good. Because he's a great coach, he's a Super Bowl coach. He's worked with Hall of Fame quarterbacks, two of them. But you know, you're just not hearing that much out of the camp with McCarthy and with Dak. Um, you don't hear that they're having great connections together. Not, and I'm not saying you're hearing they're having bad ones. You just you don't hear anything about it, you know. Um, and this is a team that just they they underplay every single year to what they're supposed to. I mean, honestly, last year they probably I know Zeke's suspension kind of, you know, changed a little bit of things. Tony Pollard's a great backup, I think. I think he's one of the top 10 backups for running backs. But, you know, th- last year that was a team that should have gone at, at minimum 10 and 6, and they just, they they were horrible. And then I think even if they get into the playoffs this year, I can't trust them. If they get into the playoffs, I think they're a one and done maybe, even, but they're not going to go further than that. Um, I have a friend who's a Packers fan who said, you know, it won't be surprising if you guys make it to the, to the, uh, the Western Conference. I'm thinking too much about the NBA. If you make it to the NFC Championship and then you get bounced, like, that's something that could possibly happen. I, I I don't think the McCarthy signing for the head coach will change as much as certain people think. I think Jerry Jones runs this whole ent- entire operation. I think Jerry Jones is the reason that everything goes on. I think Jerry Jones low-key is kind of like the head coach for them. He makes all the decisions, not only as the GM, but as the coach. He puts players where they're supposed to go, and I think the coaches just kind of say, oh, yeah, that was definitely my idea. So the Everson Griffin signing should really put them from like a twelve and four team to a thirteen and three team, but I I can't trust them. You know they have some of the best talent in the NFL. They have one of the best. Eh, they have a top fifteen quarterback um, back there. One of the one of the best intangible and one of the most mature quarterbacks. Um, but I just I I can't trust them going better than ten wins. You know anything even ten wins is kind of pushing it. So eight and eight. Nine and seven is probably where I have them at. I, I mean, they they could probably win the division like that. I don't think Philadelphia will be amazing. I think Philadelphia's kind of in a similar situation where they should win twelve games, but they're probably going to win like <clears throat> they're probably going to win like ten or nine. But that entire division is just kind of a train wreck. You know, you got the Washington Football Team probably going to win two or three games. New York's kind of interesting, but they also have new coaches. They don't have OTAs or anything or any preseason to kind of get adjusted to that new coach's system. So they'll probably win only six or five games. So it really is between Philadelphia and Dallas, and I think whatever. I think I think I think Philadelphia will win the division, and this is why. Not a new head coach. You're not bringing in as many 
uh, rookie players, they are bringing in more free agents, but these are free agents who have played for longer, so they'll have an easier time adjusting to the new uh, systems. Meanwhile, you're having rookie players having to adjust not only to new systems, but to the new speed of the NFL, and that's just not easy to do, you know? So I think Philadelphia probably wins that. Again, I think I think Cowboys go 8-8, and I think that Philadelphia goes like 10-6, and 11-5, somewhere around there, so... The Everson Griffin signing was great. One year, $6 million. Good for Everson Griffin. Uh, I think he'll have a good season, but I don't think it's going to do anything that big for the Cowboys. Um, for the last leg of the show, we're going to talk about uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. He had some stuff to say today, and there was also some uh, Madden 21 news and possible 2K21 news we're going to talk about just for a quick second. So I'll see you guys on the last leg of the podcast. Welcome back to the final leg of training camp. Last two legs, we talked about the NBA seeding, and we also talked about the Lakers and how they're kind of suffering right now. And then we also talked about the new extensions through the NFL and as well as the Cowboys and their signing of Everson Griffin and how I think it's going to impact their team, and how I think their team will do throughout the season. And for the last leg, we will be talking about first is Kyler Murray came out and said he would love and thinks it's possible, uh, it's not the direct quote, but he would love and think it's possible to get Larry, DeAndre, and Christian Kirk all to be 1,000 receiving yard receivers. Do I think it's possible? I, I do. I think Kyler Murray had a very, even though he won Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, I think he had a very underrated first season. People really didn't give him the respect that he he deserved. I mean, yeah, the team wasn't great, but they had a gr- they, had, they didn't have a great season, but they had a good season from a quarterback standpoint. Um, Kyler Murray is, I think, a top ten quarterback in v- v- so many statistics. And not only that, I mean, one of the things that I noticed, he was a top ten fantasy quarterback. But you know, everyone talks about Kyler Murray because he's he's short and. He has that athleticism, but you know how's how is it going to affect his game if he if people just kind of clown on him a lot because he's so short? Like, how's he going to look over the offensive line? How's he going to throw against taller defenders and stuff like that? But I mean, he had a great season last year, and now that he's added DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, a lot of people have this team going six and ten, five and eleven, which I can kind of understand because I mean they're in the best division of football. I mean, you got the Seahawks and you got the Niners in that division. I mean, the Rams too. Um, I don't, <laughs> God, I hate to be in that division, but I mean. With that DeAndre Hopkins acquisition, I genuinely think that the Cardinals could could go eight and eight, maybe even nine and seven. Um, you know, going back to what Kyler Murray said about a thousand yards for each of them, I think it's definitely possible. I I don't think it'll happen. Um, I think it'll get pretty close. I think I think Christian Kirk will get about eight fifty. I think Larry Fitz will also get like nine nine fifty. I think DeAndre Hopkins is just going to kind of have so many. I think DeAndre Hopkins has become an ultimate number one option. Uh, you know, fantasy wise, if you have a great pick and you need a receiver, I would take DeAndre Hopkins over anyone else right now just because God, a mobile quarterback, you know, the defenses are going to have to pull down to that, leaving open other receivers. I mean, honestly, any receiver right now out of those three, Larry, Kirk, and DeAndre Hopkins are going to be great fancy choices. But I think DeAndre honestly could get like a 1,400, 1,500-yard season, which, you know, if he does, that's amazing. But I don't, I think that, you know, he's going to take yards away from Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald not letting them get to 1,000. I think if DeAndre Hopkins has more of a 1,300-yard season, I know it's not that big of a difference, but if he has more of a 1,300-yard season, then I definitely could see Christian Kirk getting to like 1,050 or uh, Larry Fitzgerald getting to like 1,000. But, you know, I think it's very optimistic, and I think it's a good sign that Kyler Murray thinks. I think that means that Kyler Murray is integrating well with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I think that means that their system is... I mean, God, I, Cliff Kingsbury is going to throw out so many new things. I don't even know what to expect from the Cardinals. That's another thing that I think 
that's you know causing people to give them like a six and ten, five and eleven predictions because you don't you just don't know what to get from the Cardinals. Um, they were a sneaky team last year. Who you know th- though they were bad, they still looked kind of fun and they looked good. They gave teams really they gave teams a lot of trouble. They gave the Niners trouble. They gave the Seahawks trouble. Um, you know, even in games that they lost, they were pretty close. I don't think that they had too many blowouts last season. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But, um, you know, I, I think that that team is an amazing, is an amazing team just to watch. Even if, even if they are six and 10, five and 11, like, I think it'll be a really fun team just to sit back and watch. It'll be fun. Cause you got Kyler Murray who can just run around the field, run circles around that team. Cause he's fast. He's got the athleticism. He's got an arm too. He's got a cannon. And now you have DeAndre Hopkins, they have Kenyon Drake. Like that's a really good team. Um, I would, I, so do I think that all three of them could get a thousand yards? I think they could. Do I think they will? No, I think they'll get close. I think it'll be like 850, 900 yards for Larry and Christian Kirk. But I think DeAndre Hopkins is just going to have a monster of a season. So yeah, uh, you know, good luck to the Cardinals. I think I definitely want to watch a lot of their football this year. If the NFL season happens, I, I will be watching a lot of the Cardinals. Um, last two things we're going to talk about. We did have some Madden 21 and 2K21 news. Uh, Madden 21 came out today and they officially announced their The Yard uh, promo for Madden 21. We kind of knew about this already. If uh, it got like released on mobile, the Madden mobile game kind of has a The Yard, and they were talk in the game they talk about like how it's gonna transfer to PlayStation. So we kind of knew it was gonna happen, but they had dropped an official trailer today. I think that's kind of cool. I, I think this is definitely gonna sway me more towards buying Madden 21. Um, I was kind of on the fence about it to be completely honest because I. I don't want to rehash of it, uh, though I do love like the Madden Ultimate Team and everything like that. The news that the, that EA was talking about this game was horrible. I mean, first of all, the the uh, the ratings for the players were absolutely horrible. The entire community just slammed EA about these ratings. These ratings, it looks like EA took like the most hyped up players, the most talked about players, and then gave them good overall ratings. And everyone else is just like, eh, who cares? So, you know, when I was seeing stuff like that, I was like, I'm probably not going to buy the game. But now it looks like they're trying. I think the yard will be fun. Uh, I, I think they're trying to be very similar to 2K, which I've talked about. I think you know they should take a 2K route and kind of copy them. Like this, this reminds me of the park. I think it'll be fun though. I, I'm definitely gonna try it out. This is showing me that EA seems to care a little bit more. Now here's the thing: if they start adding in like you can you can be a better player if you buy something then that's just going to completely you know turn me off from it i'm not going to i'm not going to play it if it's like a pay to win scenario like it is for madam ultimate team um if the yard is something like that i really hope that this also means they're going to add in more customization options for their career mode like if if this is going to be your player like is it going to be similar to my career for nba 2k where um you know, you can play your season, and if you want, you can just go to the yard and play. I think it's really, really interesting, and I think it'll be really fun to play with, um, and I'm definitely going to check it out, and I'm looking forward to it. So, And then the other news we got today in sports video games was NBA 2K21 announced that they will be dropping a free demo on the 24th, so they finally gave us a date. We still don't know much about the game. Uh, we've had, like, almost no gameplay. I think the one gameplay they did drop, it looked exactly like 2K20, um, except with, like, a new shot bar. But I think that what they're doing is they're kind of saving it up for the next-gen trailers. I think that 2K20 and Madden, or 2K21 and Madden 21 just kind of kind of drop. And then it's just going to kind of feel like, okay, they kind of came in. And then once 2K20, uh, 2K21 and Madden 21 next-gen start to get closer, like November or October, I think that's going to start getting trailers. I think that's when the hype will really, really start to build. So, um, yeah, free demo on the 24th. I think, that, I don't even, when does, when does uh, NBA 2K drop? NBA 2K21 comes out 
uh, yes, I know tw- 2020, September 4th. Okay, cool. So we're less than a month away, and we, <laughs> we don't know anything about the game, so that's kind of crazy. But, uh, so yeah, 24th, definitely, I'm definitely going to download that demo. I think you guys should too. Just, you know, check out the game. Usually they have like a like a My Career thing where you can just kind of screw around for, for the My Career intro and then get used to the game. Um, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to rebuild their system, mainly because why do that on pre-gen if you're just going to have the next gen and you know so many people are going to get next gen consoles next gen games that there's no reason to spend so much time i think it's very reminiscent of 2k14 when 2k14 came out on the playstation like 2k14 for the playstation 3 looked exactly the same as 2k13 like i think that it's just going to be that similar thing where 2k21 pre-gen is going to look exactly the same as 2k20 pre-gen but 2k21 next gen is just going to look i i'm really excited for both madden and uh, 2K to see how they handle the next gen. I think 2K is going to do a much better job, but that's beside the point. So this was episode one of Training Camp. I had a great time. Honestly, this is a lot of fun just to be able to sit down and talk. Uh, I do apologize if there was like some weird stuff going on or if, you know, I was saying um a lot or if there was no breath or if there was too many breaths, you know, I'm still getting new, I'm still getting used to this stuff. So, uh, but like I said, I did have a lot of fun. This is, this is a lot of fun just kind of sit down and talk. And uh, I would like to drop one episode per week. That's my goal right now. Um, and then, yeah, if you guys have anything you guys want me to talk about, if there's any topics you guys uh, would like to hear my input about, you guys can definitely just let me know by dropping a comment on things you guys want me to hear. Also, if you guys have any ideas for the podcast, definitely let me know. But, yeah, I'm going to end this podcast here. Thank you guys for watching, and I will see you guys in the next episode.